0: Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation.
1: Wish you a merry Christmas and a happy New Year, Pastor Steve. This is Pastor Keith. Pastor Steve, this is the last broadcast of 2018. It is That's Christmas true. is behind us; a New Year is in front of us. Hmm. Do, do you we? have
2: tradition? Do you have any tradition? A new, a new Year tradition at all that you
1: do? I used to stay up until midnight. Yeah, and then I had kids.
2: And now you're in bed by nine. (laughs) I'm
1: in bed by nine. (laughs) It's like, Daddy, can we watch the ball drop on TV?
2: One of the things that I do is um, I'll sit down probably, um, you know, I'll sit down a little bit after New Year and I'll look back at something that I wrote last New Year. Hmm. um, About the same time where I wrote a number of things about, God, would you change this in me over this following year? And then a bunch of prayer requests. And then I seal those up in an envelope and I stick them in our in our Christmas decorations. And so the following year, um, I'll open that up and I'll get to see the faithfulness of God over things that I that I forgot. You know, I prayed for a little bit and then I stopped praying for and and remember that God did hear my prayer and God. And it's just a real time of praise where I'm personally it's not something I do with my family, but it's just something personally that I really press in. To, to the faithfulness of God. And so I, I look forward. It's almost like a Christmas present from the Lord that, wow. I, that, that, wow. that I get. And so um, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I wow. don't
1: cheat and peek. That, I... that challenges me, Pastor Steve, because I was just going to turn on the countdown on Netflix. <laughs> you can do at, that, too. At 8 o'clock and say, all right, kids, it's over. Go to bed. But it's yeah. not New Year. That's you know, well, right. it is in Iceland. So That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been talking over the last month about – uh, advent and what it means that it's it's bigger than just Christmas day it is it is a, a tradition a, a long tradition in the Christian church to reflect upon the real significance of Jesus's coming of, of what that Christmas is more than just this holiday that we've made out of it it's it's a longing and it's an expectation there's that song come thou long expected savior you know there's there's this deep you know understanding in, in humanity that we are missing something and the hope is God says yes you are and I'm going to fill that expectation with good gifts you know we looked at Isaiah 9 we looked at Isaiah 61 we looked at the Gospels on how Jesus not only is the one who is the focus of advent and the focus of our expectations but why he is and that God is in the work of restoring things, restoring the brokenness between us and him, that while we were at war, Paul in Romans calls it enmity with God, now we can be reconciled, we can be brought into peace again, and that Jesus, the chastisement required for our peace was placed upon him at the cross. And so, christmas is bigger than the holiday christmas is the expectation it's the waiting it's the longing for jesus who came once and is going to come again and so as we look forward now we have to deal with kind of what we ended with last time there's a harsh reality coming Mm. for some and there's a, a a joyful expectation for others And so we want to talk about the difference between those two, and we hope that by the end of this broadcast that everyone listening will settle the issue to put your trust in Jesus Christ, that your expectation for his second advent is one of joy, one Mm. that you're going to delight at his coming, you're going to rejoice at his coming, and not be afraid. And so we go to Revelation chapter 19, right? Mm. And where do we start, Pastor Steve? So we start with the
2: most wonderful, exhilarating, beautiful thing you can imagine. In Revelation 19 verses 1 through 10, there is a party, there is a marriage supper, there is a a just a an exciting time happening in heaven. And In verse 1, it says, After this I heard what seemed to be a loud noise with a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. And then in verse 4, And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God. Verse 6, Then I heard what seemed to be a voice of great multitudes and a roar of many waters like the sound of pearls singing, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God the Almighty reigns Let us rejoice and exult and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come. The bride has made herself ready. And you just got this incredible worship Mm. happening. And then verse 11, God tears open the heavens, the party's over, and I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and one sitting on it called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. He His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems or crowns, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in white fine linen and pure followed him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sword. With which it he strikes down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God, the Almighty. On his robe and his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This amazing party, this amazing worship service. And then it ends and Jesus says, let's go. The, the heavens are torn open and the Bible says that every eye will see this white horse descend with an army behind him. And Keith, it's not a time of peace. No, it's and, not. And here's what's interesting In the ancient days, when a king would ride into a city and he wanted to make peace with the city, he would ride on a donkey, he hmm. would ride hmm. on the back of a mule because it was lowly and humble. However, If the king went to make war with the city, if the king went to conquer, he rode a horse. And what you find here is the exact same thing. When the king of the Jews, when the Messiah, the the king of kings and lord of lords came in his first advent, he came humbly and meek on the back of a donkey to make peace with the world because he's the prince of peace. When he comes back again, he comes back on a horse and he does not come back to make peace he comes back to make war and it's the day of god's vengeance and there's fire in his eyes a tattoo on his thigh and this this king now
1: makes all wrong right wow that is a mouthful (laughs) frightening (laughs) and it is frightening (laughs) and it makes me think of the movie if you saw any of the lord of the rings movies the return of the king Mm. like aragorn comes back to claim the kingdom but there's still a war to fight. Mm. And here on this earth, there is still a, a territory to be gained. It already belongs to the Lord, but he's coming back to claim it from the nations. And and that is a reality in our life is that there's victory that God has already accomplished, but there's still battles to mm. to, to obtain that victory for ourselves. And there's coming a day and that's what, you're, that, that, that's what this is telling me. There's coming a day where there will be an ultimate battle. There'll be the ultimate conflict. And because of that, complete peace. That's right. Be restored.
2: That's right. There's so many parts to this because when we, when we infuse other scripture into this, for instance, when we infuse, like, say, say, Zechariah chapter 14, we know that the nations gather together, right? Yes. They gather together to, to oppose Israel. They mm-hmm. gather together. You know, Israel becomes a burdensome stone in the side of, inside of the, the nations and, you know, during this last time. But what's interesting is this is a war when he descends. This is a war that everything is turned towards Him. They, people people are warring now in their heart towards Christ, Keith. When when you know it's it's interesting. The only unforgivable sin we're told in Scripture is not adultery. It's not murder. Those are all things that every sin will be forgiven of a man in this life. Jesus said, except one the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, right? That is an ongoing rejection Hmm. of the prompting of God's Spirit to draw you to repentance, to receive Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sins found only in his blood, right? right? When a person rejects that, the Bible says they are at enmity with God or they're at war with God. They're literally warring with God trying to give them salvation. If that person takes that to the end of their life, they will be judged for it during this time. Those people that are still left on the earth that then take that rejection and tangibly turn it towards the son of God. When he comes to claim his kingdom, which he is going to do, he is going to strike down the nations. And here's the thing, Keith. It ain't a war. He's just going to say. That's true. Stop. Stop. <laughs> It's with the sword that comes out of his mouth. I mean, how powerful is that? If that doesn't send chills down your spine, what are you going to do to the one sitting on the white horse when he just says, dead, 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 dead? (laughs) I mean, this is a judgment that that you you can't fight. You know what I mean? And so this is a powerful, powerful scene. And I love what he says there. He judges and makes war. But listen his name the one sitting on it is faithful and true mm-hmm. keith his judgment is faithful and here's the thing his judgment is true it's a truthful judgment right so when the bible tells you and i the wages of sin is death when the bible tells you and i do not be deceived god is not mocked whatever a man sows that's what he's going to reap right if i sow to the flesh right i'm going to reap corruption there's there's the that, that the 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 corruption i reap now but then there's the corruption that comes at judgment when right. I'm judged for my sin by the word of God that comes out of God's mouth.
1: The return of Christ actually has done more in the last five years, maybe 10, to reshape my political views. And I'm not going to get political just hmm. in case you're wondering. Don't turn the radio off. I'm not going to get political. okay? But what I used to get frustrated about, I used to get frustrated about corruption. You get frustrated about people getting away with lying and cheating and and robbing you know all the stuff that you watch at every level whether it's national state local government levels you just see people are just in it for themselves for their agendas you know paying people off and corruption and lying and mishandling of justice and you know, the law being turned on its head and being turned against people. And, and you look at this and you're like, Oh man, why? And, you know, and there's all these solutions that we rail after, you know, we need to vote right. And we need to, you know, take, take back our, you know, and all this stuff that we say. And what this is telling me here is, you know what, that corruption is going to continue to be there Mm. until Jesus comes back and addresses it once and for all. And it's not to say that as Christians, we shouldn't be involved. It, uh, that we, we shouldn't ask the Lord how do we respond to what's going on? you know the you know love we're to, we're to love mercy, do justly and walk humbly before our God. And I believe that believes that, that includes the public arena too. But I, I don't have to get frustrated anymore. I don't have to get angry and I don't have to despair anymore because I know that there are things I'm called to do now, but ultimately it's Jesus who makes it right. It's Jesus who is faithful and true. And, mm. and judges and makes war in righteousness. We don't have, no longer have to debate about whether a cause or a war is right or not. and And that is such a great mm. thing mm. to be looking forward to.
0: You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airways with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation.
1: Okay, Pastor Steve, we're talking about objections now to this anticipation of Christ's return. There are some who look at the book of Revelation and they relegate it to allegory, that it was, it was John writing in very poetic terms about you know, the, the ultimate coming of the kingdom of God in our hearts and the overturning of evil and sin through the redemption story. How do how do we address that? How, how do we address that in a way that is firm in what's true, but also respectful? How do we deal with, you know, and I know there's myriads of, of objections, but let's right. just say, how, how do we know that life isn't just going to go on as it has for thousands of years on this earth and generation after generation is just going to continue to say, well, I hope Jesus comes back one day. How, how do we how, how do we know this is true right well there's there's certainly there's there's a truth to the
2: to all of that that Christ comes and sets up his kingdom in our heart i mean we you know we don't we don't you know reject that at all but this is something that has a tapestry of scripture that runs through it like in our first episode we talked about daniel chapter 2 when when nebuchadnezzar had this 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 you know this Vision of this image, right? And asked for interpretation. And all of his wise men were like, well, sure, tell us a dream. He goes, nah, we're not going to do that. You're going to tell me my dream and you're going to tell me the interpretation. If you don't, you're dead, right? And then they're like, well, nobody can do that. And so Daniel heard that and he said, no, there's a God in heaven that can do it. And so God gives Daniel the dream and he goes to Nebuchadnezzar and he says, Dan, he goes, Nebuchadnezzar, you saw an image and, and you saw a gold head and you saw silver breastplates and then you saw, you know, a middle section that was bronze and then you saw legs that were iron and feet and toes that were iron and clay. And so here is what this is and he goes on to tell him four kingdoms. He said, Nebuchadnezzar, you're the head of gold, Babylon, and after you will come an inferior kingdom, which is the Medo-Persian Empire, and after you will come, an, after them will come another kingdom, which is the Grecian Empire, and then finally the Iron Legs, which will be, which will be the Roman Empire. In every one of those cases, with the exception of the Roman Empire, they were all subdued, they were all beaten by an army that came in and ruled after them, right? Rome just simply disintegrated. They separated into four parts, and they disintegrated, and, and they just kind of fell within, right? And and so here's what he does say. He says, "In the days of the final king, you know, this final kingdom, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never end." And then Daniel says this in Daniel chapter two. He says, "Oh great God, oh Nebuchadnezzar, the great God has made known to you the things that will happen after the, that will happen after this." Listen, the dream is certain, and the interpretation is sure. You can count on this. God is going to set up a kingdom in this, not a spiritual, in the same way that all these kingdoms (laughs) were set up. God's going to take something and he's going to crush this image of what man has tried to do on earth here. And so that's, that's one thing. Then you see the actual description of the second coming of Christ in Zechariah 14 verse four, where he says, and the Lord Jehovah Put his feet on the Mount of Olives, the very place in Rome in, in Acts chapter one, verse verse eight and verse eight through 11, where it says this Jesus ascended will come back in the same place. Right. He puts his feet on the Mount of Olives and listen to what happens in Zechariah 14. It says that and the Lord, verse nine, will be king over all the earth on that day. His name will be one. And then it goes on to say everyone of who survives of the nations he wars against, will go up to Jerusalem year after year to keep the feast and worship the king. This isn't figurative. This is a description of the actual coming of Jesus ruling and reigning in his kingdom, right? So when we come to Revelation 19, hermeneutically, that means the art and science of interpreting the Bible, it weaves in with the rest of Scripture, Keith, that the description of the coming is one who comes on a white horse, mm. right, to judge the nations, and then he takes his place, Zechariah chapter 14, and all the nations worship him, and therefore the interpretation and the dream given to Nebuchadnezzar is a sure thing. It will come to play It will come to pass.
1: And the evidence that we have that gives us this hope and expectation of further events, future events, uh, actually being fulfilled is the fact that prophecy has been fulfilled. And you know, people will dispute the date of the Book of Daniel or the date of Isaiah and those kind of things. And and the Dead Sea Scrolls discovery settled that issue that that the the new t- that what we can consider the Old Testament was established. 100 years before Christ actually came. And so those prophecies regarding the first coming, which can be verified historically, and we're not going to take any time right now to, to nail that down for you. There's enough evidence out there. You could do a simple internet search on the fulfilled prophecies of Jesus' first coming. That if those were fulfilled the way that they were with historical, outside historical verification, then I believe and need to believe, and and I've got to do something about the fact mm-hmm. that there's this second coming, yeah, pr- predicted, prophesied. Here,
2: here's here's the reality of what you're talking about, Keith. There, there's a there's a parable given of a rich man and Lazarus, right? They 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 both die, right? And then one goes to Abraham's bosom, I think it's Luke chapter sixteen, and the other yeah. one goes uh, to to paradise. And then the one in paradise, or the one in the the, the one in in Abraham, sorry, I messed up. Abraham's bosom is paradise, is paradise and the yes. other is Sheol, right? The one in Sheol, or in Hades, cries across the gulf that's separating the two, come and dip your finger in water and touch my tongue. And he says, no... And then he goes, he asks a question, he goes, then let me go back and warn people that that this place exists. And something was said. It was said, you know what? Let them read Moses and the prophets because even if someone were to raise from the dead and go back, they still wouldn't believe. And here's the reality of the hardness of the human heart. When you read the judgments in Revelation, I believe it's in chapter six or eight that are poured out on the world. There's an interesting, the the sixth bowl judgment, the people who have gone through the seal judgments, the people who have gone through the bowl judgment turn their gaze towards heaven and they still curse God and you would think man what does it take for you to believe in this and here's the reality Keith unbelief and, and when a person is set on unbelief, it doesn't matter if someone raises from the dead, they'll say they never died. It right. doesn't matter if judgment is coming directly from the hand of God, they'll say it's natural disaster. If a person doesn't want to believe, they simply won't believe. And so we'll allegorize everything, we'll push Christ and the, and the true meaning, truthfulness and faithfulness, we'll push that out so that we can hold on to our depravity and we don't have to be accountable to a living God. And that's what it comes down to. If God is true you're accountable to him that's the reality
1: that is the reality and it says that in the scriptures that we have been appointed once to die and then the judgment then the reckoning for what we've done and what we are judged on is not how many good things we did versus how many bad things we did how much worse of a sinner I was or pastor Steve was that comparison will never be made what will be presented to us is what we did with Jesus Christ when Jesus Christ came and said, I'm the son of God, and he died for our sins, and he rose again from the dead, all that goes with that, did we believe in Christ? Did we receive the the salvation, the forgiveness, the restoration of our life from the inside out? Did mm-hmm. we receive that? Were we born again? Keith, Do we belong to God?
2: In 1993, on New Year's Eve, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. He took me serious, and my life is never been the same. Mm. And so what I want to do is before we enter this new year, I want to pray for our listeners Absolutely. and give them an opportunity. Father, I just want to pray for all those that are listening that, God, you would touch their heart. You would let them see that you came as a child. Lord, yes, Lord. you came as one wanting to make peace, a king wanting to make peace. And, and and Father, the the reality is you desire all men to come to repentance. And so I pray for the listeners that are caught in their sin, that, Lord, you would heal their broken heart. You would open up the, the, the prison doors. You would proclaim claim liberty to their captivity, Lord. And I pray you'd give them the faith to acknowledge. But Lord, at the same time, I pray for the listener that does want, doesn't want does want anything to do with you, that God, even if you would use the day of your vengeance as the thing that would jar them and bring them to yourself, let them know there is a white horse coming. And the last thing they want to do is to look into those eyes of fire, Lord, because that is a day of vengeance. Lord, they want to be behind you, uh, following you, not the one that's in front of you being judged. And so God, give them the faith to respond by faith and ask for
1: forgiveness of their sins and ask you to come into their life in Jesus name Amen. Amen. If you uh, have made a decision to follow Jesus, we would love to hear from you. If you have questions, if you want to talk about this more with Pastor Steve and myself, visit ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. You can contact us that way. Pastor Steve is the pastor of uh, of, uh, Redemption Hill Church in in Saratoga Springs. I'm the pastor of River Community Church. Uh, We have uh, committed our lives following Jesus to serve him and to serve people. And so if there's any way we can serve you, through this radio show we would love to hear from you again shouts over graceradio.com hey 2018 happy is new over. year brother happy new year i'm really looking forward to new things exciting things what god has in store for this broadcast and as you are just contemplating what this year has meant to you and as you look forward to the new year remember that as we've looked back on advent advent is about hope Hmm. that there is hope for you and hope for me as we begin this new year of 2019 that God wants to do great things in your life. He has promised to do great things in your life. And all you have to do, all I have to do is trust in him. So we're praying for you. We're excited about a new year. Pastor Steve, I'll see you next year. I'll see you next year, brother. God bless you guys. God bless you. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. That's ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.